What happens when someone with zero skill thinks they're the smartest guy in the room? Find out now on I Am Garbage. Welcome to I Am Garbage, a fantasy football podcast where we review the year of the worst team in the Bro Football Association, also known as the BFA. I'm your host, Eugene Schacht, and I'll be guiding you through this season-long retrospective. And what a magical ride it's going to be. Now, seeing as this is episode one, I feel like we need to go over a couple ground rules here. Really actually dig our heels in and talk about how we got to where we are. The BFA is a 12-team fantasy football league that is a keeper league. That means every year, each team gets to pick six players on their team that they would like to keep. However, different from other keeper leagues, uh, this is more of a dynasty format where the players you keep are essentially on a three-year contract. So after the three years is up, if they've been on your team for that entire duration, uh, you are forced to send them back into the waiver pool. There's a lot it's a lot of standard stuff, you know, one quarterback two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, and a couple flex positions as well. And all in all, this league has been going on for nine years without relatively any hitches or problems. There's been a couple changes, including this podcast. About two years ago, we ran into a situation where we noticed people were very actively tanking. I'm talking to the extent where they were benching players who should be starting. And it got us concerned. It's got us thinking as the mem- members and managers of the league. We can't we can't have this this fucking nonsense, you know? We can't have these people just destroying the integrity of what we've spent so long building up just because they want to get a better draft pick next year. It doesn't work like that. Shit ain't cool. I mean, if you don't want to start a stud, then that motherfucker shouldn't be on your team is the logic that we were really looking at when this podcast came into play. So we had to make a rule change. Here's what happened. In order to address the um, tanking situation that we were facing in the league, two new rules were instituted. First and foremost, total bench points were being calculated now when determining who is the worst team in the league. So it doesn't matter if you start somebody or not. Your total score for the season is calculated taking in what your starters scored that week and what your bench scored that week. So we did that over the course of a season to then determine who truly is the worst team in the league. Now, just to really sweeten the deal here and make things a little extra miserable for the player who is the worst, we also instituted this podcast. And this podcast itself is going to be a 90-minute review uh, spread out over three episodes where we dig into what exactly happened to this fantasy football team to make it so bad. Now, ironically, I'm one of the league's commissioners, and go figure, I ended up being the worst team this past year. What does that mean? What does it mean to be the worst team? I mean, it means I am garbage. 
it means I have no skill. I um, I am just bad at managing a fantasy football team, really. Just to give you an, um, a little bit of insight here, I'm going to pull up what our scores were from last year, just so you can understand just how bad I was. For total points four on the season, combining my actual team and my bench, my starters and my bench, I had 1,721 points. The next worst team, the next least skilled, was actually Brendan Sloan, who clocked in with 1,801 points. So already there, we've got about an 80-point difference. Now, just to give you a little bit more context, the best team in the league, or not the... I mean, they scored the most. I don't know if we can call them the best. But the highest-scoring team without their bench was 1791 okay so the best team in the league still scored 60 or 70 points higher than what i scored when you combined my starters and my bench that's how fucking bad my team was it's kind of interesting because you know going into the season i was feeling pretty good i had just come off of a third place run the season before i had pretty strong roster and i was thinking that Maybe I could sort of run it back, you know, build up my team. I had some good draft picks available. But, you know, sometimes these things don't always play out as you expect. Now, before we even get to the, the draft, I think there were some things here that happened that I'm not necessarily proud of. You see, as the summer wears on and you're stuck just watching fucking no sports and you start thinking about fantasy football, you get the itch to make some trades. Specifically, the trade that I made this year was I first and foremost moved away from two years left of the Mike Evans contract and giving up a second round pick this year for a year of Chase Edmonds, a year of Dallas Goddard, and a second round pick last year. I had no reason to make this trade. I made it with Justin, who is just a trade slut, but... um. Yeah, here I was, already starting off with a really dumb, shitty move. But then we moved into the draft, where my picks just got dumber and dumber as the fucking night went on. Alright, so in the draft, you know, I'd finished third the year before, so that left me with the tenth pick in each round. Uh, in the second round, I actually had to trade up a little bit. That's where the trade Justin came in, which gave me the 19th pick. And then for a little bit, I have a little bit of a drought before I could even pick again in round four. Now, some things happened that night. Um, there were some pretty notable trades by other teams in the league. I, I think one of the most infamous ones right now is that Brendan and Nick Spina made a trade here for a pick that Nick Spina didn't have. Specifically, Spina traded away his 2023 second round pick to Brendan on draft night. However, the problem is about Three weeks earlier, he had already traded away that same pick to John. Just for full disclosure here, let's talk about, you know, I think Nick Spina, he was like third or fourth worst in the league this year. Yes, let's see here. He was one, two, three, four. Yeah, he was the fourth worst, uh, fourth least skilled in the BFA. Um, however, trading away a pick you already trade away is dumb as shit. Like, you can't 
be any less skilled than not knowing what you have in front of you. Um, so it's not a point of contention as much as it is just pointing out the obvious here that maybe a few of the other members in the league should also be on this podcast. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. We're, we have to talk about what I, Eugene, did. The dust jill fire towards what happened on our team that night. Um, so yeah, going to the draft, you know, I had my eyes on some guys. Big Eagles fan, you know, go Birds. A.J. Brown, that was a guy who was on the board and I really wanted him. Um Lo and behold, he also ended up having an incredible season. But he was taken. He was taken with the seventh pick by Justin. And then in the next pick was the other guy I wanted, DK Metcalf, who got picked up by Danny McClain. Well, shit. So at this point, I'm looking at the board. The best player who's available is none other than Washington's Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin's a fine football player. I have no problem with him. Um... But, like, this is just not a fucking guy I really want on my team. Like, in the draft just didn't really get much better for me after that. He was the best guy I picked up that night. After that, I picked up Devontae Smith, who, you know, he was hit or miss last year on paper. He looks really good. But he actually, we'll, we'll get into him in a minute. Um, Brian Robinson, who just straight up got shot. Then um, I picked up, what's his name? I don't even know how to pronounce this one. Albert Okwimbunga, Alkabum, I need to take some sensitivity training. Um, picked him up, tight end for the tight end for Denver. Wandale Robinson, who may as well have gotten shot because he spent most of the season injured. And then we rounded this out with Julio Jones, who fucking may as well be dead right now, and Jarvis Landry, who also may as well be dead right now. So yeah. Didn't come out of there with the best team. I walked away with a roster that was looking like this. Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Nick Chubb and Chase Edmonds as my starting running backs. Gabe Davis at wide receiver. Brandon Cooks at wide receiver. Dallas Goddard. Terry McLaurin. Devontae Smith. uh, Brian Robinson Jr. Who gets shot. Wandale Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Russell Gage, Albert, who I will not pronounce his last name, and Julio Jones. Not great. Not a great team. And, I mean, this is probably the first proof point of why I am so fucking bad at fantasy football, is I thought this was a great team coming out of the draft. You know, I thought that potentially... I could contend. My best wide receiver is Terry McLaurin here. I'm running with like Gabe Davis and Brandon Cooks. Who Brandon Cooks, you know, decent year actually. Um, but this is this isn't like your home run team. So over the course of that week, you know, um, there was a little bit of movement on my team, but nothing to write home about. Uh, again, besides Brian Robinson getting shot. I don't know how many times I'm going to have to mention that, but I think it's worth noting because it was, I don't know, it was, it was, it was a little shocking, a little odd. But let's go to the scoreboard too. Let's talk week one. So week one, I'm going up against none other than the Bone Supremacy, who ended up being the league champion. And let's talk some rosters here. Let's talk who we were actually 
going up again. Again, so my, my roster that I decided to run with that week, we had Aaron Rodgers slotted in at the quarterback slot. Um, Nick Chubb and Chase Edmonds, like I said. Gabe Davis, Brandon Cooks. Dallas Goddard at tight end. Terry McLaurin and Devontae Smith in the flex. And the Eagles, go Birds. They were my defense. On the Ryan side of house, we had Joe Burrow at QB. Najee Harris and Kareem Hunt at running back. CeeDee Lamb and Stephon Diggs at wide receiver. TJ Hawkinson tight end. Jalen Waddell, who I traded to Ryan last year, I believe. Um, and Deontay Johnson in his flex spots. And then he had the Steelers defense. I mean, it is it is very obvious, just speaking those names, how much better that Ryan Anderson team was. Um, and if the names themselves wasn't enough of the uh, evidence you need here. Let's look at the actual score of the game. I put up 90.25 points, while Ryan put up 142.65. So that's a difference of a little under 50 points. A true molly whopping. But, yeah, let's talk about some, some head-to-head numbers. Joe Burrow, you know, good day. 21.2 fantasy points. Aaron Rodgers, meanwhile, 4 Great job, Aaron. Great job. My highest score of the day ended up being Nick Chubb with 16.8. He had a great year. And there's there's no denying the Chubb, you know. You got to give him a rub. Um, Gabe Davis also tied him up with 16.8, actually. So, decent day. Go, Gabe. Uh, but then we got our boy, Devontae Smith, who everyone's like, oh, this year he's going to have a great fucking year because Devontae Smith, he's on there with A.J. Brown. They're, they're going to be throwing that ball everywhere. Devontae put up zero points that week. Huge donut. You know, I mean, not that it wouldn't really mattered if I put in somebody else. My next, my best bench player was Julio Jones with 10 points, who, again, is probably a ghost now. Um, so that wouldn't have closed the 50-point gap. You know, Ryan, on the meantime, like, Ryan, in the meantime, had 23 points from Stefan Diggs who he traded up for deftly in the draft to grab, so that was a good move. Uh, 21 points from Kareem Hunt, who's on the same team as Nick Chubb. Jalen Waddle, 15 points. And then the Steelers' defense, 33. There's no chance there. And this is when it became really apparent to me that my chances in the league were pretty slim in general. Because looking around the league, you know... um, the uh, Danny McLean, he put up 145 that week. Dara, with his his most underwhelming team of all time, put up 149. Justin, 147. A um, lot of 120s from their opponents. And then on the flip side of that, the second place contender had 97 points with Sully's Red Rocket just eking one out over the Click Clack Calvary, who's got his own fucking problems to begin with. It was just not a great showing. And immediately I could tell that there wasn't a lot that I could do. So this is the problem with Dynasty Fantasy Football. It is really hard to dig yourself out of a hole. You can do it. It's been done. I think one of the best uh, examples of that was when Oshroff won it two years ago with like Braxton Berrios on his team and a bunch of scrubs that he literally didn't end up keeping any of them. But it's it's very difficult. You'll find some gems here and there, but like... If you start with shit, you generally end with shit. And you got to commit to being shit because the guys who are committed to being good are going to be really fucking good. 
These are people who have like strategically built up their teams. Like even Dara, who again, fantastic disappointment. You know, he was really supposed to just clean up since we got rid of all those kickers, and he now had this extra flex spot. Listen, listen to this man's team: Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Debo Samuel, James Conner, and then he's got. I mean. There are some dummies here. He's got Juju Smith-Schuster, who was fine. Devin Singletary. I don't know why, what he's even doing on this team. Um, but, you know, there there's good bones there. In week one, Mahomes himself scored 48 points. You know, that's like half of... That's, that's more than half of what my team scored. You know, Danny McClain, he was looking pretty good at the start of the season. His team also pretty sexy. You know, Josh Allen up at the QB spot. He's got CEH and uh, Damian Harris at running back who were fine. My boy DK Metcalf only actually got him five points that week. So fuck you, Danny. And then Travis Kelsey with 23 points. Again, good bones. Good bones. Let's talk more bones here. Who else we got? Who else we got? Uh, Let's look at the purple-headed circle eaters. Justin. Yep, he has Tom Brady who he just was chubbed up for him for some reason last season. Jonathan Taylor and Saquon is his running backs. Like, that is about as good as it gets um, when you look at last season. And then he's got A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry on his squad, along with Kyle Like, this is a legit... These are legit guys. Um, You know, they're not fucking Terry McLaurin. They're not Devontae Smith. They're not shot Brian Robinson. Russell Gage. Why do I even have Russell Gage? Does Russell Gage play football anymore? I don't know. But so, you know, week one went down the fucking shitter. I had to pivot to week two very quickly. But before we do that, let's take a break. Hey there, fellow juice enthusiasts. Are you tired of the same old boring beverages? Well, get ready to quench your thirst with the most exciting and delicious drink on the market. Introducing Bus Juice. Bus Juice is not your ordinary beverage. It's a burst of flavor that will electrify your taste buds and leave you craving for more. With a unique blend of all-natural hand-picked fruits and secret exotic ingredients, Bus Juice is the epitome of refreshment and indulgence. Whether you're on the go or simply relaxing at home, Bus Juice is the perfect companion for any occasion. Picture this. You're hiking in the mountains, and Bus Juice is by your side, revitalizing your energy with every sip. Or maybe you're having a picnic in the park, and Bus Juice adds that extra zing to your delightful day. And guess what? Bus Juice isn't just another sugary drink. No way. Bus Juice is intentionally crafted with health-conscious individuals in mind. Bus Juice contains no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives, and is packed with essential vitamins and antioxidants to give your body the boost it deserves. But that's not all. Bus Juice believes in giving back to our planet. For every bottle purchased, Bus Juice Incorporated plants a tree, contributing to a greener, more sustainable future. So when you enjoy Bus Juice, you're not only treating yourself, but also supporting a noble cause. Don't miss out on this mouth-watering expedition. Grab your Bus Juice today and experience the ultimate taste sensation. Remember, when life gets juicy, it's time for Bus Juice. Welcome back to I Am Garbage, a fantasy football podcast. So, the dust you'll fire towards did not fare very well in week one. And I gotta tell you guys, week two, 
you know, I thought maybe it was just a rough week all around. You know, Aaron Rodgers scoring four points had to be an anomaly. Um, Devontae Smith hitting me with, you know, zero points can't. That's that's just not great. So, like, the the 50-point um, loss, it wasn't really something that I was super jazzed up about. Yeah, so, but the thing is, my next biggest flaw and why I'm so just unskilled at fantasy football is... The second there's a hole in my boat, I just like smash that thing open and just let the the fucking seawater flow in here. Week two. Let's talk about my roster. I'm like literally pinching the bridge of my nose because it's actually horrendous to look at. Let's actually bring up the scoreboard too because this is just... This is just awful. All right, so week two. I'm playing Nick Spina, also known as D's Nuts, who finished with a 5-9 and nine record. So how about those nuts, Nick Spina? Why don't you go trade some more draft picks that you don't have? Okay, so my roster this week. Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, he's got to have a bounce back, right? He's playing Chicago. They suck. He, he loves owning the Bears. It's going to be great. Uh, got Nick Chubb back in there. Uh, my, my fantasy stud, Chase Edmonds. Welcome back to the squad, Chase. Brandon Cooks, you know, might as well. We got Terry McLaurin in there again. And we got Dallas Goddard. Now here's here's where things get really stupid. Gabe Davis comes down with COVID because of course he does. So he's not getting the start that week. And I'm really pissed at Devontae Smith because he put up a donut the week before, wasn't involved in shit. And, you know, love my birds, but at the same time, can't be having the Donut Boy just getting that, that second flex spot. But looking back on it, I was that was just so stupid. These are my flexes for the week. I've got Mark Ingram, the second, who, to be fair, was actually in line to start because Alvin Kamara was hurt that week. And then I got... Taysom Hill. Taysom fucking Hill. And, you know, when you play Taysom, you get fucking Taysom because he does this shit all the time. So the week before, he had one of those stupid Taysom Hill games where he just gets to take the snap out of the backfield and run around and score a touchdown. And he carried the ball for 81 yards against Atlanta. Walked out of that with, um, what is it, 14 points? So good for Taysom. Dumb name, by the way, Taysom. But I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll start him, too, because I can put him technically in the tight end if I need to. And this is this is going to be cheeky, and, like, I'm a genius because no one's tried Taysom Hill in this situation ever, except it happens multiple times every season. And when you put in Taysom Hill, like I said, you get Taysom Hilled, and he goes off for 1.4 points. Great. Great Taysom. Let's just really quickly, other side of the ball here, we got Kyler Murray, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, T. Higgins, DJ Moore, who's a piece of shit, uh, Mark Andrews, Aaron Jones, Hunter Renfro, and the Rams defense. My guys, I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a good week. He bounced back with 22 points. Nick Chubb, great week, 30 points. Chase Edmonds, still Chase Edmonds, 4.6. Brandon Cook, 7.4, fine. Uh, Terry McLaurin, 10.2, decent. Dallas Goddard, 10.7, good for a tight end. Mark Ingram, 
5.1. We already talked about Taysom Hill's 1.4. And then my defense is the Commanders, who put up 5.7 that week. Now, if I put in Devontae Smith, I could have gained myself about uh, 11 points because that's what he scored. So, I mean, that would have, like, I ended up with 98 points. If I had put in uh, Devontae, I would have ended up close to 110, about 109. But on the Spina side of the ball here, Kyler Murray, 29 points. DeAndre Swift, 15.7. T. Higgins, 16. DJ Moore, 11. Mark Andrews, a real tight end, 22 points. Aaron Jones, 32 points. Rams defense, 17 points. So, like, I'm reeling off of this 50-point loss last week. Coming this week, and I lose to Nick Spina, 157.6 to 98.45. 60 points. Now, at this point, I want to iterate um, just how unskilled I am at fantasy football in that, like, I was just getting fucking pounded in the ass all season by all these teams. My team didn't know how to play defense at all. I was second in the league for points against with uh, 1,716. Uh, the shark skin baby beds, a.k.a. Nick DeRosa, 1,736. So he wasn't that far off. But, of course, he actually ended up in the regular season scoring 1,700 points while I only scored like 1,300. Not great. Not great. For comparison, the least points scored against was uh, Danny McLean with 1,568, so we're a little bit under 200 off there. But yeah, me just getting railed every week becomes a trend. And, you know, like, it's it's just so just demotivating, and it, it makes you sad, you know, because you look around the league, like, week two, it was like everyone just got better except for me. Except for maybe Justin. But so, like, for example, Team Altamari, 145 points. Sharkskin Baby Beds, 144, edging out Danny McClain, who had 134 that week. Oshroff, 141. Bone Supremacy, again, 149 that week. Consistent across the board. I mean, there were some 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 doo-doo teams, like Brendan edging out uh, Justin, 109 to 85. Like, talk about some true edging. Let's even look what the fuck happened in this game. In the doo-doo game of week two... Brendan's all-star squad of Carson Wentz, who got him 35 points. Way to go, Brendan. But then he had Javante Williams, 9 points. Cordero, Patterson, 4. Devontae Adams, 8. Michael Thomas, who apparently did play football last season, 15 points. Logan Thomas, 11. So that got him 109. That's still better than my team. Let's see what happened to Justin here. Uh, just not great. Just guys did not show up. 10 points from Saquon. 17 from Cortland Sutton. That's the best of the week. AJ Brown, nine points. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, six. Yeah, so he just I guess that was just a bad week. Maybe somebody got hurt. But, like, I, I mean, that guy's still, that team is still good. Meanwhile, these other teams are just getting tremendously better. It's just, it just sucks. It just fucking sucks. And I was just so depressed at this point. So let's see what kind of moves we ended up making in week three. Okay, so week three. The good news is in week two, um, you know, I played like shit. My team was on brand in that way. But there was a little bit of hope in that in week three, 
I at least got to play a team that didn't seem so stacked. And that is the team we just visited, uh, Brokeback Sloan. So, you know, looking at this one, I'm like, oh, shit, I got a chance, all right? I mean, let's talk about some things here. Gabe Davis, he's back. He no longer has COVID. That's cool. That's cool. And I have now kicked Taysom Hill and Mark Ingram off my team. I've decided at this point to then use my tight end slot on Gerald Everett, who actually had 10 points the week before, and put Dallas Goddard in the flex, which, again, because I'm still mad at Devontae Smith, not because he scored zero last week, but now because he scored 11. So I'm like, let's bench him again. That's a great idea. And, you know, I also, let's see who I picked up here. Oh, I picked up Eno Benjamin because I thought maybe he'd have a good week because uh, the injury situation over there in Arizona. Nope. But he was on my bench, so it didn't matter. I also had Brandon Bolden because you just start sort of picking up random fucking dudes and hoping that one of them will do something. Not great. Not great. Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson still shot. But, again, playing Brendan, you know, who's his team not getting much better. He's actually Carson Bench or Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was on the bench that week. He's starting Jared Goff, Javante Williams, Cordero Patterson, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Logan Thomas, double Thomas, uh, Brandon Ayuk, and J.D. McKissick, and the Browns Steve. So I have a shot. And you know what, guys? Not only did I have a shot, but I won. 116 to 103. This week, the boys showed up. Aaron Rodgers, 21 points. Nick Chubb, 19. Always respectable, you know. Chase Edmonds, 15 points. What did my boy Chase do that week? Chase was on the fucking case. Showed up against Buffalo, you know. What's he doing? Two touchdowns that day. Oh, yeah, Chase. You go. Terry McLaurin, 14 points. Dallas Goddard, 10 points. Gabe Davis, kind of still having COVID, five points, not awesome. Brandon Cooks, three points, not awesome. Gerald Everett, three points, not awesome. But the Eagles' defense against Washington, go Birds, 24 points. Can't argue with that. Meanwhile, Brendan's guys just sort of ate shit and piss all week. Cordero Patterson ended up being his best guy, 23 points. Um, next best was Jared Goff at 17, and then Devontae Adams with 11. rest of his dudes... Didn't show up at all. So, yeah. It was a win, but it wasn't... Um, it wasn't really, like, something to get my spirits all up about. Like, around the league, we still have just some heavy hitters. Dan Altamari looking pretty good. He's got 138 points that week. Let's see what Dan was up to. He's got himself a little bit of a win streak. Oh, damn, Dan. I mean, he's... This is kind of a Dan thing, though. Like, he, he lives and dies by Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, of course, scoring 50 points that week. So, enough said. That's of Dan's 138 points, 50 of those for Lamar Jackson points. Probably him and Trisha made love to that later that evening. I don't know. Danny McLean and uh, Bone Supremacy actually played each other with Danny actually winning 139 to 123. So... The Bone Boys looked a little human at that point, um, but still 123 is more than I scored. Purple-headed Cirque Leaders, they're bouncing back with 134 points. I'm also just really curious exactly what the fuck's happening with John here, because, again, they play second in the league 
And up until this point, is he 0-3? Let's go back to week two. He definitely lost to the Singapore football team. Yeah, and he lost in week two also. 100 points. And so in week three, he only scored 98 points. So 0-3 at this point. So a little bit of a rag to riches story, I guess, we've got coming our way. So yeah, I mean, at that point, I guess I'm 1-3, so I'm doing better than John, who ends up being in second place. But yeah, I mean, I end up winning three games for the entire season. So before jumping into week three, I actually went to go look and see if there were any notable notable trades on the season. Um, and to my disappointment and shock, actually, we didn't have any trades in the league between September 4th and November 12th. So this is just like goes to show motherfuckers are just sitting on their guys dicks all week all season and us who are wallowing in the mud are left there to just fucking play with our sticks and you know just covered in fucking manure and shit i don't know man like it's it's not great it's not great i'm trying to make a team here that can potentially win i'm not i'm not like one of these tanking bitches i'm doing i'm doing the good thing i'm fighting the good fight i'm trying to win some games but my team is not getting any better. I mean, sure, we got that win, but it wasn't a convincing one by any means. And, you know, come week four, we're back to where we started. Click Clack Cavalry, putting up 131 against the Dust Jill Fire Torch, 107.95. Fucking week four, man. But, like, every, holy shit, there's some fucking scores here. Before we get into that, I mean, let's just talk about what, what we had in this matchup. Man, my shit's getting real dumb here. All right, so it looks like I made some some changes that week. You know, we got we 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 hoist, hoisted off uh, Eno Benjamin and Brandon Bolden. Picked up some new guys, Richie James of the Giants. Who? What did he do the week before? Why was I like, oh, he got six points the week before? So I was like, oh, let me pick up Richie James. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, go Birds. Picked him up because he had point six points the week before. So I was like, oh. That seems like a smart pickup, too. And then I'll pick up Tyler Conklin, Conklin also. He had 12 points the week before, so that's good. Did I actually pay money for Tyler Conklin? Nope. Zero dollars. So, yeah, I guess I'm picking up guys who are literally dog shit, and they're not even showing um, any sort of real promise. And I'm putting these guys on the team. I have no reason to pick these guys up. This week, though, I ended up starting... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Nick Chubb, Chase Edmonds, Terry McLaurin again, Devontae Smith, he's brought out of exile and put on the roster, Dallas Goddard, Gabe Davis, Brandon Cooks, and the Eagles. Go Birds. Eagles, still good, man. 23 points. Love it. Aaron Rodgers hanging around 20 points every week. Nick Chubb hanging at 21. Then it's just dog shit. Oh, my God. Chase Edmonds, 9 points. Terry McLaurin, 2.5 points. Fuck you, Terry. Dallas Goddard, 9 points. Pretty good for a tight end. Gabe Davis, 1.8. Fucking COVID, man. It's the real killer. Devontae Smith. You fucking asshole. 3.2 points from Devontae Smith. Going up against that staunch Jacksonville defense. God damn it, Devontae Smith. And then Brandon Cooks actually ended up having a good week against Washington, because who doesn't? Uh, 15 points. Meanwhile, we got the Click Clack Cavalry over here, who is 
like literally every Sunday, probably just cranking it to his fantasy football squad. Um, be it if they're doing well or if they're doing poorly, like he needs this, you know? This is the thing. I'm going to get real close to the microphone on this one, guys. Max and fantasy football are just one of the, the greatest wonders of the world. Here's a guy who I don't think I've seen anybody else internalize this the way he does. I think, if I'm being frank, he literally does believe that he owns these players. Yes. I mean, you can take that however you want. I think he's, he thinks that he went out. He did some scouting. He was like, oh, that guy looks good. How much does he cost? And he bought him with the money that he has. Then he goes to another place. He finds another guy. He's like, oh, I like that fellow too. How much for that guy? And he buys him. And then I think he thinks that he actually puts them through like a training regimen. You know, he's he's making them do two-a-days. They're running suicides. He's got them in the weight room. He's, he's standing behind them, you know, having them bench like whatever, 180 pounds a million times. He's out there on that like that that hitting pad thing where like the linemen have to run into it. He's like blowing a whistle and shit. And he's has those those early mornings and late nights where he's just in his office drawing up plays for the team, um, trying to come up with new schemes and sort of uh, just trickery and shit that he can employ against his opponents. And the truth is he's not. <laughs> he's not doing any of this. Like, this is a game of 100% skill, but, like, you have to remember that it's a game. It's not actually going out into the world and picking up guys and buying them and owning them and running plays and spending a lot of, like, sleepless nights in your office. It's a game of imagination. It's called fantasy football. But on this fateful Sunday, I'm sure he was... Again, cranking it as Justin Herbert goes off for 28 points. I mean, that's not going off for a quarterback, but it was a good day. Damian Pierce, 24 points. Great day for him. Mike Williams, 16 points. Justin Jefferson, always good, 27 points. Green Bay Packers, 15. Uh, Lo and behold, again, it's another barn burner here, 131 to 107. I mean, I'm just getting, like, it's, it's snap back to reality. Oh, there goes Rabbit. He fucked up once again. There's nothing on my bench. Oh, Gerald Everett there. He actually had 14 points. Maybe if I subbed him in instead of Gabe Davis. Still wouldn't have gotten there, but it would have been a little more respectable. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just nothing here. There's, there's, there's nothing. There's no hope for my team. Everyone else that week, some people got better. Some people got significantly worse. Dan, Dan he's dropping down a little bit here. 104 to 79 against the Singapore football team. The Bone Soldiers, who got fucking spanked. Holy shit. Bone Supremacy against Sharkskin Baby Bids. I mean, Bone Supremacy did good numbers. 128, you know, a reasonable day. Uh, but the Sharkskin Baby Bids, Nick DeRosa over here, 184 points. It's definitely the most on the season so far. Russell Wilson, 
Apparently, Russ was cooking that week, 33 points. Austin Eckler, 31 points. Josh Jacob, 34 points. Cooper Cup, 20 points. Tyree Kill, 21 points. Jamal Williams, 25 points. Just like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Like, is any of my guys? No, none of my guys got to 33 points yet. I think Nick Chubb got close with his 30. Definitely no one got to 34. Yeah, I mean, I don't even... Yeah, it's just like, I look at this stuff and I can't I can't believe that I was I didn't already just throw in the towel already. Danny McLean, 168 that week. You know, he's getting his, his Josh Allen, 26 points. He's getting his DK Metcalf points. His Travis Kelsey's and his Leonard Fournette points. Oh, wow. Ew. Ew. And he's he's beating Nick Spina, 168 to 107. Nick Spina, the man who, who trades away all his picks twice. Who beat me by fucking 60 points. I can't believe this. I mean, there's... There's some hope in this, in that um, John, for example, still hasn't won a game yet. Gets beat by the circle leaders, 144 to 126. And then there's Brendan, who's just, just, oh my God, it's getting worse for Brendan. 77 points that week against uh, the, the Super Nadiris, who were supposed to win championships for all time because we got rid of kickers. Brendan, man, what happened to you, dude? I'm surprised you aren't actually on this podcast. I guess Keenan Allen was hurt, and you left Jared Goff on your bench, who went off for 43 points that week in favor of Marcus Mariota, um, who had three points. That That's pretty brutal, dude. That would have actually... Is that how math works? Yeah, you would have been, you would have been actually, you would have been in contention there. It was a bad week, man. 77 points. That's real bad. That's just so bad. Um, okay. No, this isn't harp on Brokeback Sloan. I mean, that's a guy who, you know, swings for the fences and often misses. Dan, you know, he, he actually gets a win again, but he, um, kind of by the skin of his teeth, you know, 104 to 79. Lamar Jackson not playing great. 14 points. Let's see. Let's see, like, uh, yeah, Lamar actually really never plays good again after that, or well. I mean, he's, he ends up going 14, 17, 19, 11. Then he's got some bounce back weeks, but there's never that 50-point that fucking swing that he had in week uh, three, and then also the in week two as well. Sorry, Dan. Guess no more Lamar love in the uh, Alta Kingry house after week four. So, I mean, coming up, you know, on the podcast, we've got a couple more episodes of this. It's going to be more and more of the same of this. So I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's weird doing a podcast by yourself. So coming up on the podcast, it's going to be more of the same like this. It's going to be me talking incessantly about my awful team because it is what it is, man. Like, I was the worst. And in upcoming seasons hopefully i won't be the worst i can have an interview conversation with somebody there can be some witty banter but for now you're stuck with me and that's okay you know i think we're on this journey together we're actually learning a lot about how terrible i am but before we we wrap up for today you know i just want to tell you guys that like spoiler for the rest of the season it doesn't get any better i mean we've got 
so much shit that happens on my team where literally the wheels come off and the points just never get scored. There are going to be times where I don't crack 90 repeatedly. And then there are going to be times where I actually score a good amount of points and just get fucking whooped. So coming up in the weeks, uh, we'll, we'll definitely follow some of these storylines. You know, we have to see what happens with with uh, Sully's Red Rocket and how they have that miraculous turnaround to, you know, get themselves into the championship game. And got a little bit of a spoiler for you there, too. It involves a man named Terry McLaurin. We'll also see, you know, how the Bone Supremacy, they actually, they get themselves into a good groove and they just sort of keep rolling with it, fortifying that team. And then and then some other teams, they really just, you know, pack it in really early. Fancy football team, I know there, there's a little bit of a fire sale there later on. And, you know, team Super Nadiri. Oh, poor, poor Dara. I think this is the ending thought that we should leave it with. Two years ago, we got rid of kickers in the BFA. It was very controversial. And um, it was it was one of those things where kickers are fucking stupid, guys. Especially in a dynasty league where you're keeping guys over the course of multiple seasons. Dara, you know, he is adamant on the other side of that. And this is a man with opinions and firm beliefs and he sticks to him and that's what we love about Dara but he was like so confident because when we got rid of kickers we were like what do we do with this extra roster spot do we get rid of it no he turned it into a second flex and so Dara's over here being like oh I've got Patrick Mahomes and I've got Christian McCaffrey and I got Joe Mixon and I got Debo Samuel and we'll be starting this like all-star lineup every week and you guys are just he literally said that we just gave him the league and couldn't be further from the truth because the thing you learn about Dara Nadiri is like specifically his football team you can have the fucking nicest car out there but it ain't going anywhere if you don't put no gas in it here's a man who will just set a roster and forget it for literally 12 weeks um 13 weeks I don't even know if he ever changed anybody on his roster like it's so when we talk about trades in the league last year, there were a good amount from specifically Nick Spina, who had who left led the league in trades with five. The Dust Jills, Brendan, John, Dan, Oshroff, we all had one trade. So, you know, we're in the action. Justin in the action. Uh, Justin, Danny McLean, both of them with three trades in the year. Good for them. Bone Supremacy with two. Then we got our, our usual misers. Actually... Dero, who tends to be a little bit of a trade miser, actually comes in with two trades. So way to go, Dero. But yeah, Dara and Max. I mean, Max, like we've talked about this, as much as he cranks it and feels like he owns these people, he also just can't process a trade for the life of him. Like he starts thinking about the trade and then next thing he knows, it's two weeks later. So whatever. Dara, though, zero trades, of course. I mean, I don't think Dara has traded in fantasy football Really, ever. I guess he had that trade two drafts ago where he did acquire all those dudes like Patrick Mahomes and stuff. But, like, that probably just, you know, that was all his energy there. Because for the rest of the season, like, you can see how many acquisitions people made. For example, I had 42. Ashraf led the league with 46. Um, And when you're bad, that makes sense because you're like, I'm trying to just pick up guys and make my shit better. 
average here is we're looking around the 20s, you know, uh, Brokeback Sloan, 23, Bone Supremacy, 26, uh, Team Altamarki, 24. And then the drops are usually balanced out with that because you pick a guy up, of course, you got to drop somebody else. So that makes sense. So the highest, again, 46, average 23. Lowest here is Team Nadiri. Three acquisitions. Three. He dropped two guys. The whole season. I get it. You have a fucking super team, but don't act like your guys aren't straight up expendable. By week, let's see here, week four were we just at? Let's go back to week four. In week four, when, when Dara edged out Brendan, one fucking 22, like whatever the fuck it was, 10, whatever Brendan's scoring... On that on that bench of his, you know, he's got Evan Ingram. You don't need to have Evan Ingram. He's actually, how did Evan Ingram do? Am I just talking shit to talk shit? Yeah, Evan Ingram for tight end. He was doing pretty shitty at that time. Actually, he get two points that week, three the week before. You can get rid of him. But nope, didn't do that. Actually, it was one of your acquisitions. <laughs> That's funny. I get it, dude. You're busy. You don't have time, and just because you don't have time, I mean, I think doesn't mean you don't have skill, but when you do shit like this, when you only pick up three guys and you you drop two, I mean, it's hard to make an argument that you're really trying here. I get that you have some great guys on your team, too, and maybe you don't want to get rid of them all, but what are you doing? You should at least be picking up and dropping a defense, right? But no. You're not. You're starting the Bucks. Yeah, you, you kept the Bucks. Like the entire season, it looks like. Did you keep the Bucks the entire? You did, and they were pretty decent actually. They weren't bad defense, um, especially those first three weeks. But like, you got it. You, you gotta pick somebody up, man. Just pick somebody up. That's my challenge to you. That's my challenge really to everyone this year. I want you to pick up more guys. Pick them up, drop them, guide them out to pasture. Whatever you gotta do. You could own them, Max. Max, you can own the guys. But let's keep the league fun, you know? Let's throw some trades around, and I hope this year we just have a great time, guys. So that's it this week for I Am Garbage. I'll be back next week with a recap of a few more weeks of the actual regular season, and then we'll wrap up with episode three. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm your host, Eugene Schacht, and we'll talk soon. (laughs) 